this year, we mentioned there's two parts. There's the fundamentals and the technicals. Um, it's pretty much split 50-50, but in the beginning of the year, we focus much more on the fundamentals, and as the year goes on, we get more into the sitter and into the technicals. Um, even within the fundamentals, there are different dimensions of tefillah that we speak about. And uh, if there's, I always say, have patience, because if there's one aspect, aspect of, tefillah, of tefillah you're not particularly a fan of, uh, usually I don't spend more than a few, four or five shirim on one particular Indian, and then we usually go on to something else that you know, might speak to you more or less, depending on the situation. So we sp thus far, it's been a while since we had tefillah shir because of the teal last week, Thus far, we've spoken about the concept of speaking to Hashem. Really going back to the original source of tefillah, before there was a sitter. Going back to the real mitzvah saseh of tefillah, where tefillah really began. The tefillah of Chana, the tefillah of Moshe, of speaking out and reaching out to the Rabbon Shalom in your time of need. The sitter we'll get to later. We're not there yet. We're going through history. In the beginning of history, there was no sitter. The tefillah, not of Karbanos, but the tefillah of Avos, of Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. That kind of tefillah is the one we're speaking about. And we've spoken, showed the sources, both in terms of the tefillah of Chan and Moshe, both in terms of going through the sources and seeing that the mitzvah of tefillah, if there is any, um, what there certainly is at the end of the day, but it's a very different mitzvah than reading in a sitter. The mitzvah is speaking Tasha. So I'd like to spend uh, the next year or two kind of uh, rounding that out and try to, you know, give you advice as to how to best integrate this idea into your tefillah. There is no one aspect of tefillah that's going to change everything for you. It's really a combination of working on everything, the things you connect to and the things you don't connect to. And most importantly, as I said at the beginning of the year, there are the guys that come and listen to the shir and there are guys that do the shir. And I really encourage you to be the guys that do this year. When I give you an assignment, you don't have to do it because it's homework. You should do it because if I want to take these ideas and internalize them and actually try to improve my tefillah, so the, the, the work that I give you is designed to make you uncomfortable. If it was easy for you, I would, it wouldn't be much of an assignment. It's an assignment because for many of you, it's going to be difficult to do these things. And, but I, I, I believe fully that even more important than the lessons I give, more important than the shirim I give, the lessons you'll forget. But the internalization of the lessons, the work that you do, and that actually becomes part of your tefillah and part of your connection to Hashem, that's what's going to stick with you. At the end of the day, the tefillah shir, someone's going to come over to you in, in five years and say, do you remember any of the shirim of Bland's gate? Bits and pieces, but you probably won't remember, you're not going to certainly remember the source, you're not going to remember much. What's going to be the, the, the remembrance of this year is how you're davening. That's it. It's the fact that if you're in five years, you're davening significantly better than what, what it was before you came here. Okay, so then we did something. So therefore, the homework, the assignments is extremely, extremely important. There's more, more here. Extra pen. That I don't know. Okay. It's a very interesting Gemara. Uh, we'll start off the Gemara in Brachos. It's about three lines. Tanar Abana. Chasidim HaRishonim. We're going to quote this Gemara quite a few times this year. <clears throat> I won't show it to you inside all the time. We'll show it once and I'll be referring back to this. If there is one Gemara 
that probably is the most significant Gemara on tefillah. Uh, in my opinion, this is probably it. You won't exactly know why at this point, but there are so many different ramifications of this Gemara in the Siddur, in tefillah in general, um, because much of tefillah was modeled after this concept. So it's an important Gemara to see inside. Tanarabana. Hasidim Harishonim, the original pious people, Hayushoin Sha'achas, they would, before davening, they would prepare themselves for an hour. Literally, Shohin means to wait. Umispalin Sha'achas, and they would daven for an hour. The Chosrin Vishoin Sha'achas, and then they would go ahead and they would wait another hour after their tefillah. Now, I know right now you're probably thinking, that's a lot of waiting time. Before, during at least, fine. The second hour, no one has akasha. Although, we probably might have asked akasha, how do you spend an hour davening? Today we had slichos, and we finished in, uh, you know, 40. 30, 35 minutes. How do they daven for an hour? That's good kasha. But a better kasha is, what were they doing the first hour? What were they doing that last hour? Mm. Fair question. Hold off for now. We'll get into many details about this, about what the first hour was, what the third hour was. We're going to speak about it briefly today to bring out one idea, but we'll get into this much more. So the Gemara says, so let's do math. You guys are good at math. How many hours were they daven? Shachars. Three. How many hours were they daven? Mincha. How many hours did they daven? Maidav. Three. So if we're to- saying that they used to spend nine hours a day on tefillah, Torah and heich mishtameres, how did they protect their Torah? I mean, they didn't have a lot of time to learn. How many hours do you have in a day to put in your energy? So how did their Torah stay strong? How was it protected? Umalachta heich nasis. How would they make money? What about their careers? Gemara says, let me talk because they were these kinds of pious people, Torasam Mishtameris, their Torah would be protected. Meaning, they would not need as much Chazara. Their Torah would last. The, what they learned, they would remember with ease, without having to do as many Chazaras as a normal person would. Umelachtan Misparachas. They would do Malacha, they would do work. It's not saying they wouldn't learn, it's not saying they wouldn't do work. But their learning stuck, and their malacha was blessed. That they did have, they did work like everybody else, but it was more productive. The work that they did, they didn't require as much to accomplish as much. And that is what the Gemara says. Fascinating Gemara. This Gemara, first of all, the idea that Hasidim Arishonim were davening for nine hours a day. Just that concept. Forget about even the, the three different hours. That we'll talk about another time. But the fact that they were davening for nine hours a day, and that the impact that that nine hours a day had, there were three impacts. Impact number one was that their Torah was protected. Impact number two was that their malacha was blessed. And impact number three is they were Hasidim. This is what made them into the Hasidim Harishonim. This is what specifies them. This is what makes them who they were. The greatest impact was who they became as a result of this tefillah. Now, obviously, it's unrealistic for anyone in this room, anyone in our generation, pretty much, maybe besides a few, to model themselves after this concept. So what could we possibly glean from such a gemara? There's another interesting gemara. Turn to the other side of the page. 
Lazar Omar. Towards the bottom of the page, I bracketed it for you. Rabbi Lazar Omar. Suffik kara kriya shema, suffik lo kara. If you have a doubt as to whether you said kriya shema or not, bizman. Choser vakara kriya shema. You should say it again. Say it again. Be safe. Suffik hispalel, suffik lo hispalel. But if you have a doubt as to whether or not you davint, you davint shmona esrei, ain't no choser o mispalel. You don't go ahead and do it again. In other words, it ever happened to you go walk into Mincha? Happened to me once in my life. Not so long ago, actually. I was uh, very excited to dab Mincha in a certain place. And I went in and I dab Mincha there. And in the middle of Shimon Esra, I remembered, I dab Mincha already. Yeah, that ever happened yes. to you? Happened to me. Okay? So you're, oh, yeah. you go ahead and you dab You want to dab again. Can you go ahead and dab again? So the first opinion is no. Rabbi Yochanan Amar. If Yochanan says, you absolutely can't, provided you do it as a nadava, not as a chova, not as an obligation, you state that I'm doing it as a donation offering, you could do it. And he says, Ulevai she adam kol How halvai it should be that people should daven all day long. What? How? Really? Daven all day long? I, I don't know about you, but how many times could you say the tefillahs? <laughs> how long could you daven for? What does it mean, halavai she So you have the idea of the Hasidim Marishon and the daven nine hours a day. Let me just develop the idea, and then I'll take nine hours a day. And then we have the, the opinion of Rabbi Lazar, who I brought down the Rambam, who we paskin like, we paskin like this, that a person literally halavai, that they should daven all day. What in the world is this? And why is this important? What can we glean from this in terms of our own avodas Because at least at the end of the day, no matter what a good job I do with you, you are not going to sit and daven a whole day. You will not daven nine hours a day. You won't daven any close to nine hours a day. So question number one is, what in the world were they doing? What do you do for nine hours a day? What were they doing? And question number two, why was it important? And then, of course, what could we glean from this? What, what could we learn from this? So I had a lot of things I could have quoted for you in order to explain these Gemaras. I could have quoted a beautiful piece from Rabbi Nachman. I could have quoted you a few things. But instead, I decided to bring this out from someone who will never be found guilty of being Hasidish. So I brought it out from a very, forgive me for saying, a very litvish source. A non-Hasidish source. That you can say, ah, that's the guy with the big pay, it's crazy, Rabbi Nachman, oh yeah. I, I want someone. So I brought it out from the Ramchal. From Sil Shishar. No more of a, of a litvish, misnagdish, not a misnagdish, not chashom is a misnagdish, but I'm saying like, no more of a straight up, logical, safer than Sil Shishar. I'm a classic for all the yeshivas. In this, he's talking about, if any of you have ever seen the Mesil Shisharim, mm-hmm. the Mesil Shisharim is split up into, into several chapters. And in each section, the Mesil Shisharim talks about a different aspect of how to serve Hashem. A certain midah, an attribute, to try to acquire. And over here, this is towards the end of the Sefer, he's talking about the more lofty things that a person can acquire in his, in his mission to become connected to Hashem's mission to become a tzaddik. And in this Sefer, it's talking, this part of the Sefer, it's talking about precious, 
Precious means separation. Separating yourself a little bit from the world. And over here in this chapter, he's talking about kinyan hafrishas. How do you actually acquire it? How do you acquire this attribute? So let's take a look inside. It's the last line on the page. V'yokar minakol. And the best of all, the most precious of all. Who hahispotidus. This is the idea of hispotidus. Of personal prayer. Personal meditation. Setting yourself aside from the world, away from everyone. Ki me'enov in What did I just do? Did I? Oh no. Oh, I'm sorry. It's all out of order. I didn't realize that. In Yane when a person can put aside, can set aside all of the business of the world. In other words, all of us we're always busy, right? You know, we always have ah, friends, we're busy, we're going to Shir Shir, school, news, phone calls. When a person can kind of shut that all off for a period of time. He's able to distance himself from his physical wants, his physical desires, the things that pull him to engage him in this world. himself says about the importance of this idea of his bodhus, the Omar, he would say, how praiseworthy would be if I was like a bird, like a yona, like a dove. I could fly away and go to the desert to call out to Hashem. I can get away from this all for a little bit. If you would give me wings, the first thing I would do, where would you fly? David Mel said, the first place I'd fly is to a desert to separate myself to do some hispotidus. Vanavim, Elio, Elisha. What they used to do in order to perfect themselves, they used to go up to mountains. We're not talking about, again, these kooky, weird Hasidim that live in Svat. We're talking about Eliyahu and Elisha here. The way they would work on themselves is they would go up to mountains to separate themselves from the world a little bit, to get some of their own clarity, their own mind. Think about things with a clear head away from all of the craziness of the, of, of, of the, of the world. Who's he talking about? Our Gemara. These Hasidim HaRishonim that we just spoke of. Zichron Levracha. They followed these footsteps. Because they found that spending a large period of time on personal prayer, on his photos, talking Tashem in your own words, spending time separating from the world, was the way they were able to acquire perfection of this Midah of Precious. So that they shouldn't fall into the trap that all of us fall into. You know what that trap is? Go with the flow. Whatever one thing the whole world does, that's what I do. Why? Is that right? Is that wrong? I don't know. That's what everyone's doing. You know how you fall into that trap? 
when you never press the brakes and step aside and stop and think and say, is this, is this really the direction I want to go? You know, I think for many of you, you're, you're one of the very few that's fortunate to have this. You actually have a time in your life, a year or two years, to literally press on the brakes and step aside from the world. Most people don't have that. Most people don't get an experience like this to think about their Judaism, to think about their life, to think about the direction they're headed in. They don't get that. They don't get the time to think. You know who has time to think? Everyone is just doing. They're just going with the flow. So the, the Ramchal is saying, you want to know what made Eliyahu Eliyahu? You want to know what made the Hasidim Arishonim the Hasidim Arishonim? They took out time from their day or from their days and their lives. They gave some time to themselves. They set themselves aside, just them and the Rabbon Shalom. They spoke in their own words. However, the Ramchal warns. It's not possible for a person to jump from one extreme to the other extreme. You can't go ahead one minute and never do a spodidus, personal prayer and personal meditation and talking to Hashem, to suddenly doing it nine hours a day. That, that doesn't happen. It certainly will not work. Little by little. Five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, thirty minutes, little by little. He's got to work on this. Today do a little bit, tomorrow do a little more. Until it becomes totally accustomed that it literally becomes part of your nature. It could very well be that the lesson I'm teaching today and the lesson I'm starting with in Tefillah the past two, three shiurim is probably one of the most advanced and most difficult lessons on Tefillah. Because let's just be real. We are so far from this. This is so not the nature of our relationship with Hashem. How many of us, and again, this is not a real question, this is a rhetorical question, because I know for most of you the answer. How many of us feel comfortable in our own skin to be able to separate ourselves from the world for a period of time? How many of us who feel comfortable sitting in a room by ourselves, covering the blanket over our heads when no one is watching, and just sit there and think and contemplate and talk to Hashem and seek His help, and reach out to him about any area. How many of us would feel comfortable walking alone? We live in a world of such connectivity. We're always connected. We're always plugged in. Baruch Hashem, we have Shabbos. But one time that we actually can disconnect. People in the world, they don't have Shabbos. There's never a disconnect. They're always synced and they're always connected. And there's something beautiful about that. Now, I'm not going to be one of those rabbis that screams, oh, my generation. There's something really beautiful about that. There really is. But one of the negatives of that is that much creativity and much sort of self-development comes from boredom, comes by disconnecting. That's how most of the greats were able to take the time and the space in order to create most of the greatness that they created in this world, is that by having the boredom, by having the separation, it gives you the space to really work on things and work on yourself. So why am I teaching this at this point in the year? This should be the last thing I teach. 
It should be the last thing I teach. Oh, guys, the highest lesson in Tila. You know what the problem is? I have to teach it first. Because it is the most basic lesson in tefillah. Because tefillah, ultimately when I introduce the sitter, the sitter's going to be nothing more than the ability to help you in this personal connection. I'm going to show you how the sitter does that. Right now we don't get that. But the sitter is supposed to be a, a, a weapon, a means that we use in order to help us with our personal connection. But if we don't have a personal connection, Forget about connecting to Hashem. If we don't even need, know what it means to be able to sit on our own with our phones off, without a Gemara in front of us even, just thinking and contemplating our lives and being able to reach out to Hashem in personal prayer and starting to work on that relationship. So how exactly is the sitter going to help you? How exactly are you ever going to be in Oivet Hashem Be'emes? You'll do, you'll do the, the physical things, you'll do the external things, the mitzvahs and the learning, and everyone could wrap their head around that. But it's not going to be an expression of your connection unless you start working on that connection. So for me to ignore his votedus in tefillah is for me to ignore the very foundation of all of tefillah, the very mitzvah doi raisa of all of tefillah, of talking to Hashem in your own words. Being able to do this allows for self-perfection. Being able to do this allows for connection to Hashem. And the Hasidim Arishonim knew this. You know why they never forgot their Torah? How does one forget his Torah? They get distracted. They were always plugged in. You see, they learned their tefillah was not a hefsik in their learning. It was not a it was not a break in their learning. You know what the break in your learning is? When you turn on the phone. You know what your break in your learning is? When you start schmoozing with your friend. That's your break. You're learning the Gemara then. But when you go from Gemara to Tefillah and then back to Gemara, it's like consistent. There's never a hefsik. There's never a stop. It gets protected because you're plugged in. You're plugged in when you're learning. You're plugged in when you're davening. You're plugged into the Rabbana Shalom. There's no room for separation. There's no room for forgetfulness. And therefore, I feel compelled that this is something we need to work on, even this early in the year. You know, we always make a joke in yeshiva that we wish that the calendar was flipped. Yom Noraim, Rosh Hashanah, and Yom Kippur should be at the end of the year. It should be like, not starting the year. I mean, you should have a whole year of learning and then finish the year with the Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. You know what I mean? That'd be a great, instead of making a banquet, at the end of the year, finish it with a shtakti on kippur. Whoa. The whole yeshiva together after learning for a full year. You know? And we're starting with Yom Kippur. And when I, got, I just got started in yeshiva, I'm not even really feeling it yet. I'm going to start with the Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. This is kind of what this is. It's like I'm teaching one of the loftiest lessons in tefillah. That basically says, take your sitter, put it aside for now. Take all of the things that you normally associate with your Judaism, your Gemara, your Siddur, your Chesed, your whatever it is, and put that aside for the purpose of this year, for this one hour, for a moment, and let's talk about you. Let's talk about God. It's a very uncomfortable conversation. Most people are not comfortable with going there. But I'm telling you from experience, if you start to work on this, you will find that every other aspect of your Judaism will become more enhanced. Because those are all supposed to be expressions of your relationship with God. You can do all the things that your wife wants you to do. 
but she will feel so much more love if you actually take the time to actually feel for her and care about her and build your relationship with her. And all the things you do will be not obligations, but will be an expression of your love. Ultimately, we do everything Hashem wants us to do because that's what it says in the Torah. And we're Jews and we're obligated to do it. And we're going to get star and oinish. We're going to get reward and punishment. But the real motivation that someone should have, the highest level motivation that one should have for doing the mitzvahs, is Hashem. This is an expression of my love. This is an expression of my feeling. This is my expression of me showing gratitude for you. This is part of what it means to be connected and have a relationship. And therefore, I don't care what the Torah says. If the Torah tells me it's a mitzvah to put my right foot first or my left foot first or scratch my left ear with my right hand, couldn't care less. If that's what you want through Bon Shalom, I love you so much, I'm working so much on my relationship with you, that's what I want to do. And a person doesn't even know what the concept of relationship with Hashem means. It's not even something I can explain to you. It's something you just have to put yourself out there and you just have to try it and you just have to do it. So I'm going to give you a challenge. Not a small challenge. It's a large challenge. I already gave you a week or so to take five minutes out of your day to talk to Hashem in your own words. Don't raise your hands. How many of you did it? Less than 10%. I know. You know why? Because I'm looking at your faces and you don't look like people who've been inspired with personal pronouns here. I'm just messing. I don't know. I don't have that kind of, I'm not, I don't have that kind of push. I don't really know where you're holding. But, but I know. How do I know? Because I know. Most guys don't do these kinds of things. It's uncomfortable. I probably wouldn't if I was you either, so don't feel bad. Okay? But this you are going to do. I'm going to hand out a pamphlet that I want you to read. You could start reading it now. There's only 12, 13 minutes left this year. But I'm giving you a mission in that I want you to read this by the end of the day. Today. One of these pamphlets. There's two parts to this. There's a piece from Lekute Maran. It's the, not, not, you don't have to read the small print on the bottom. Rabbi Nachman's Torah on the importance of the Spodidus. Lekute Maran number 25, Lekute Tnina, which goes through the concept of Spodidus all in English. And then the second part is from the, a safer from Rav Arosh, who is a big president uh, of who talks a little bit about the practical side of doing hispotidus. Remember I said, Rabosai, the shear has two parts. There's the shiurim, and there's the heavy lifting. The heavy lifting is not reading this, although it's a heavy bunch of pamphlets. It's not reading this. The heavy lifting happens tomorrow. Rabosai, tomorrow, it just works out this way. I do the same thing every year. You can ask the guys from last year. It just works out this way that tomorrow, I'm leaving to Uman after morning Seder. There is officially tefillah shir tomorrow, but I will not be here for it. But it doesn't really matter, because the tefillah shir, it just so happens to fall out that the tefillah shir tomorrow is the same exercise I do every single year. Which is, I want you to spend tefillah shir trying a hispotidus session. What does that mean? I want you to have read this already. So before you do it tomorrow during tefillah shir, after mincha, I want you to have read this pamphlet already. And then I want you to go find a place, away from your friends, away from where anyone can see you. It might take you five, ten minutes to walk there. That's okay, you have time. 
Find the place in the forest. Find the place down the block. I don't even care if you do it going for a walk down the street. Put that little, uh, what are those things called? AirPods. That look like Pais. AirPods. Uh, AirPods, the modern day Pais. The, the, the AirPods. Put that in. So this way, when you're talking, people think you're talking to someone. And I want you to take the time to think and to talk to Hashem. But I want both. I don't want just thinking. I don't want just talking. Think and talk to Hashem for approximately, it's going to take you after Mincha about five, ten minutes to find your place, for approximately half an hour. Half an hour, 35 minutes, 40 minutes, and then give yourself a little time to walk back. You can talk on your way back. I'm going to tell you right now what's going to happen for most of you. I'll tell you right now, so I'll save you the trouble. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to sit there, and you're going to draw a blank. Then, you're going to start saying the stuff you always say. Thank you, Hashem, for this. Thank you, Hashem, for that. Help me with this. Help me with that. And after about three minutes of that, you're going to stare, and you're going to be like, now what? Don't leave. Sit through it. I don't care if you sit there for a half an hour and have nothing to say. Don't leave. Because if you can manage to get through that 10, 15 minutes of uncomfortability with your situation, what's going to start to happen, if I'm right, I know it's true by me, is then after you get through all the garbage that you say for the first two, three minutes, it's not garbage, but it's garbage, it's not real, and then you sit there for five, ten minutes, the real stuff is going to start to come out. The real stuff, the words that just flow, the thoughts that just enter your mind and just can never stop. And then, when that happens, if that happens, if that doesn't happen, okay. At least you tried. You did the homework. You tried it. That's all I'm asking you to do. After this, you never have to do it again. You want to do it again, do it again. We're finishing with this Bodertus today. This is really the last year on this Bodertus. I'm not going to talk about it. I might revisit certain aspects of it. But this is my opportunity to introduce this idea to you. You never do it again, you never do it again. But at least you could say you tried once. I hope you do try it again for at least a few minutes, but something like this to give yourself the time to really be able to go deep down and to express something real. Remember, we're approaching Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. That should also be motivation to be able to talk about real things with your bonus And don't worry about the fact that like, oh, how do I know I'm talking to him? Uh, maybe I'm talking to myself. Don't get into that headspace. Just don't go there. I'm going to talk about that eventually. Don't worry about that. Whatever you're talking to, you're talking to the bonus but don't worry about that. And just allow that stuff to flow out. And for those of you that can tap into that, and we'll give yourself the time, we'll sit through it, and don't look at your phone, don't even take your phone with you. My experience is, is that at the end, for those of you who tap into that, you're not going to say to me, wow, that was a long time I had to sit there. You're going to say to me, Rebbe, why so short? Because when you get to that place, it's going to be a struggle for you to only do 40 minutes. It's going to be hard for you to only do an hour. There are times where if I'm doing this, I might have an hour and a half or whatever it is, and it takes, even me, it takes time to get there. It could take me a good 20, 30 minutes to really get into things. And then when you do, the hour and a half goes by like nothing. Like if it wasn't for the fact that my wife was calling my family needed, I can spend another three hours out there if I needed to. Because that's when you're with, in a place of real connection and real connectivity, 
time is sort of like in a different dimension. It's not like something that you even, and you guys all know this is true. You guys all, there's things that you love doing, yes? The things that you love doing, whether it's watching a sports game, you could do it all day and you wouldn't even notice the time passing, yes? So when you connect deep into yourself, it's the same thing. It's literally the same thing. So I would like you to take the time to work on this. And you could work on this, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. You could take the time during the break on Rosh Hashanah. Certainly during the break on Yom Kippur, you could do this. You could do this as much as you want. But that I can't require of you. What I am requiring of you is tomorrow during Tefillah year, don't take the time off. Don't just sleep. Don't just say, oh, if not here, I don't have to be here. Try this. Do this. Sit there for the full period. And I look forward to hearing, I'm not going to ask you in sheer, but I would like to hear feedback. Good and bad. It's helpful to me to hear the feedback as to how the experience was. Okay, so I'm going to hand these out. Uh, I don't think